Hey, math fans, Jason Marshall, Math Dude, here with your weekly dose of quick and dirty tips to make math easier. A while back, we talked about how to best think about adding numbers and variables, and that discussion naturally led us to the question of how to best think about subtracting numbers, variables, and whatever else comes your way, which is exactly what we did when we last got together. But we didn't get through all of the myriad subtractable things in the world, which is why we're returning to this topic today. Keep in mind that our goal in doing this isn't to learn how to add and subtract. I'm pretty sure everybody here is already good at doing that. Our goal is to figure out how to best think about these processes. In other words, our goal is to develop a gut feeling for what these most fundamental of operations really do to things. This kind of intuition for math is something I've found that a lot of people unfortunately never developed when they were learning how to go about the mechanical motions of performing arithmetic. So today, let's continue to remedy that situation. When we last talked about subtraction, we went into a lot of detail about how to best think about subtracting positive numbers. But we completely ignored the entire other half of the infinity of numbers namely all of those negative numbers. So today, we're going to think about what we're actually doing when we're subtracting negative numbers. I'm willing to wager that you learned a rule at some point in your life saying something like, minus a negative is a positive. And while that saying is true, regurgitating rules without understanding what they mean is not a great way to develop intuition. So let's talk a little about what this rule really means. To do so, let's think about the super simple problem, 3 plus negative 2 minus negative 2. Hopefully, it's pretty obvious that the last two terms sort of cancel each other out. After all, negative 2 minus negative 2 must be equal to 0 since we're subtracting something from itself. It's no different than saying 1 minus 1 equals 0, other than the fact that all of those negative signs makes it seem like something more complicated must be going on. But it really is just that simple. So how can we picture a problem like this to help develop our intuition for it? Well, as we talked about last time, let's picture the number 3 as a 3-block high stack. And let's picture the number negative 2 as a 2-block deep empty container. If we simply add 3 to negative 2, we end up with a single block sticking out above the top of the container to give us our answer of 1. But in our problem, we also must include the term minus negative 2. How can we do that? Well, the key thing to see in our minds is, as we mentioned earlier, that the third term negates the second. In other words, it makes it vanish from the problem. So the third term, minus negative 2, just gets rid of the two-block deep empty container that was represented by negative 2. After doing so, the first term, the three-block high stack, now sails right over the newly non-existent empty container to leave us with the same three-block high stack and the final answer of 3. It's a bit elaborate, I know, but it is kind of a nice way to think about things. So that's one way to intuit the meaning of subtracting a negative number. But let's think a bit more about this and see if we can come up with something even better. First, as we noted before, if we add the first two terms of our addition problem, we get 3 plus negative 2 equals 1. But the full problem, where we then go on to subtract negative 2, is equal to 3, a larger result, which means that we can subtract a number from some number and actually increase its value. That might not be shocking, but it is interesting. Very interesting. 
Why? Well, usually we imagine that subtracting numbers makes expressions smaller. But obviously, as in this case, not always. If we look at the third term of our expression, we see that minus negative 2 must have the same value as 2. That's how we get the entire expression to be 2 greater. And if you think about that for a second, you'll see that it absolutely makes sense. As an everyday example, if you owe a bank $10, but through some act of kindness the bank later forgives that $10 debt, the net result is a positive gain of $10 to your balance. In other words, it's the same as if you added positive $10 to your account. If you want a mental image for this sort of thing, let's try to picture once again the problem 3 plus negative 2 minus negative 2. As before, we have a 3-block high stack and a 2-block deep empty container. Those are the first two terms. But we must now also include a 2-block high stack for the third term. Of course, that came from the fact that subtracting a negative value is the same as adding that value. Yes, it's that good old memorized mantra of yours, minus a negative is a positive. And it's telling us that minus negative 2 is equal to positive 2. The cool thing is that in this view of things, the new 2-block high stack fills in the 2-block deep empty container, which leaves us with just the 3-block high final answer. It's the same answer as it must be, but it is a slightly different interpretation. By the way, if you're interested in seeing a few pictures showing what I'm talking about here, check out the web article version of the podcast at quickanddirtytips.com slash mathdude. The bottom line with all of this is that subtracting a negative number has the same effect as adding the absolute value of that number. As we've seen, you can think of this as being a result of the fact that subtracting a negative number subtracts some portion of an empty container. Or if you prefer, you can equivalently think of it as being a result of the fact that subtracting an empty container that's some number of blocks deep is the same as adding a stack that's that same number of blocks high. Either picture is perfectly valid. Hopefully, now that we've attached a bit of meaning and a few pictures to the rule for subtracting negative numbers, you'll no longer think of it as something to memorize and recite. Instead, you'll be able to intuit where it comes from and even feel it in your gut. Okay, that's all the math we have time for today. For more fun with math, please check out my book, The Math Dude's Quick and Dirty Guide to Algebra. Also, be sure to check out the catalog of the other 275 Math Dude episodes. They're all available at quickanddirtytips.com slash mathdude and through your favorite podcast app. Until next time, this is Jason Marshall with the Math Dude's Quick and Dirty Tips to make math easier. Thanks for listening, math fans. Math fans.